Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, I'm Gavin Lockyer, and the Managing Director of Arafura Resources Limited, ASX Code ARU. We're developing the Nolans Neodymium Praseodymium Rare Earth Mine in Central Australia. And uh, I'm here to, to tell you today about some of the developments that uh, have been uh, occurring in our company. Lovely to see you, Gavin. We saw you back at the end of June. Um, and the reason I called, share price up nine, 10 cents uh, in the last mm. uh, just over a week or so. What's going on? Look, um, there's, I think, a realisation, particularly in the auto sector, that, um, you know, the semiconductors have been an issue in terms of shortage of supply. Uh, and last year it was neodymium, praseodymium. And I think now that they, a lot of the Europeans have come back from their summer holidays, they're now starting to set their procurement strategies for the next uh, next few years, particularly in these critical minerals. Um, and so we're getting a lot of interest out of, um, out of uh, the EU in particular, but also out of South Korea and Japan. Um, and I guess it was all just topped off by a nice article that Bloomberg wrote uh, uh, last week that was released in Germany in the auto sector about this very shortage. Okay. So, um, okay. so bring, so, bring we, renewed interest. Yeah, so the, the Bloomberg, are, they're a bit late to the party, but very, very powerful um, if, if that's the cause of it. Um, I thought it might be the fact that the Aussie government have announced um, $2 billion bucks to uh, help rare earth projects in Australia. That must have something to do with it. Oh, definitely. I think it's uh, coincidental that uh, just uh, three days after the Bloomberg article, the Australian government, as a result of some of the um, discussions with the uh, the US and the UK government um, around critical mineral supply, uh, announces that they're earmarking $2 billion for, for critical minerals and rare earths in particular. So um, I think it's a real global realisation that... Um, you know, this sector is extremely important to uh, to the world as it uh, comes out of post-COVID recovery, particularly in manufacturing. And uh, projects like <clears throat> projects like Arafura's are few and far between. And certainly we are one of the very few projects globally that is shovel-ready. Is there an expectation from show? It's, it's all well and good the OEMs recognising there's going to be shortages of this stuff. And we, as I say, we've all seen these kind of chip shortages causing huge delays in uh, delivery of, of, of cars around the world, but including my daughter's. Um, but the, the, the fact that I think people believe that some of that $2 billion is earmarked for your project. Are they right? Look, the Australian government um, gave us uh, two letters of support. They're both conditional and non-binding at this point in time. But it's uh, fair to say that uh, the $200 million that Export Finance Australia earmarked for us would, would potentially come out of that um, $2 billion fund. Any more? Well, we'll work on that, but uh, we've we've got a letter at the moment in our hand that says two hundred million plus another hundred million from the Northern Australian Infrastructure Fund, and what we're doing, we're going to use this as a, a cornerstone to build our debt uh, package together, such that um, you know, in combination with our offtakes um, into foreign jurisdictions, being the EU, South Korea, and Japan, uh, potentially bringing in the ECA um, funding from those. Uh, countries as well to sit alongside the Australian government. And I think this is, uh, you know, a key message that the Australian government's trying to send to the rest of the world that we are doing what we can. We're earmarking uh, funding for these projects. We know the world needs these projects. Um, this, is, this is what we're doing. What are you guys doing about it? 
And I just want to be, I want to be clear because politics speak is very confusing at times. This two billion, you're saying it, it may take into account the already 200 they've committed to you and obviously the additional hundred that, that may be wrapped in. Is it, is it just the Australian government wrapping up everyone else's budgets and putting out a statement or is there, do you think they're separate? No, I think they're separate, and the reason being is that historically they uh, they put about $4 billion into Export Finance Australia, which was linked back to defence funding. Um, this is clearly reshuffling the, uh, the deck of cards, I guess, and putting $2 billion of that funding, plus a bit extra, specifically earmarked for, for critical materials and, and more specifically rare earths. You've got to love an Aussie politician. Um, right, okay, so we know there's money around. That, that. That's the key point here. The other thing is the fact that the Aussie government is in talks with the UK and the US around rare earths in, in, in a broader context, like working collaboratively for ex-China production and supply. So what, what can you tell us there? Have you been involved in any of those conversations or are you reading about it like us? Oh, no, certainly. Um, the Australian government set up the Critical Minerals Facilitation Office uh, a couple of years ago, and we've been um, in regular contact with, with them and with other government agencies to make sure that uh, they understand from, a, from an industry perspective exactly what's needed and what's required. And I'd like to think that um, some of the recent government announcements, particularly around the funding, have been as a direct result of our, um, our uh, interaction with, with government. The next step is obviously to uh, to work on our offtakes and and getting credible offtakes. And as you alluded to uh, with the semiconductors at the start of this um, uh, this discussion, um, certainly the auto sector has really woken up to the fact that they need to secure. Um, long-term critical mineral supply from sustainable, reliable sources. And we are seeing a lot of interest um, in our company, in our product, um, almost to the point where some are also talking about potentially strategic equity um, involvement at some point in time. We, we, we talked about that last time out, right? So what, what I want to understand is, has the recent interest, I know it's only a couple of weeks, but certainly the announcement by the, the Aussies and their discussions with the UK and the US, has that accelerated any of those conversations has anyone started putting numbers on the table have you got any more certainty over these offtake and strategic uh, conversations as a mm. result but we're at a point where we're talking volumes and price in terms of our offtakes um, and some of them are also uh, now talking uh, potentially around equity investment as well um, to secure their longer term offtakes at, at reasonable prices. I think the other, um, it's not just the government announcements, I think the fact that um, there's been such strong EV growth this year um, in a year where, you know, the world's been turned upside down, that um, really I think the Made in China 2025 strategy is kicking in where China is uh, set to become a net importer of NDPR uh, in the next two years. Uh, and I think that um, the automakers in particular are starting to realise they need to do something about it. And, um, you know, when you look around the world, there's limited supply opportunities for projects that are, that are ready to go and of significant volume such as Arafura. So I think that's... Uh, Combination of all of that is is probably bring bringing it all together. Okay, so in terms of you remaining in control of your own destiny here, um, we took we're talking ex China, we're talking China as a net importer. You've got conversations going on with Western governments uh, to secure their own supply chains. Does that bring you the competitive tension that you need to negotiate? First of all, and the second point is, are you any, under any pressure? 
to not supply into China? Not under any pressure at all to not supply to China. Um, it's always been our our business model, though, to try and um, fund this project using offtake uh, partners in uh, traditional Western um, uh, Western countries and our, our traditional trading partners. And this was a deliberate, um, I guess, uh, strategy from from our Afuras perspective that we we didn't, you know, China. China produces 85% of the world's rare earths. We don't want to compete with China in its own backyard. And so we identified that, you know, rest of the world supply needed, needed um, needs um, producers like Arafura. And so that's always been our, our model, but it doesn't preclude us from selling to China. I think the other thing we're also seeing at the moment is the NDPR price has been sitting above $90 a kilo for quite some time. And uh, we haven't seen sustainable prices like this for quite some time either. Uh, and most analysts globally would say that new projects need about $65 a kilo uh, to get them funded. So I think that's also adding to the renewed interest in us. We're not under any direct, uh, I mean, obviously there's a window of opportunity and these windows don't last forever. Uh, so when you asked, are, are we under any pressure to, um, to execute? No, no, we're not. We'd obviously uh, would like it for our shareholders to get uh, the funding um, solution resolved um, and give the market certainty that uh, the project can be funded. Uh, but we also have a number of technical programs running in the background, front-end engineering and design, uh, all that sort of stuff, which even if we, we had all the money in the world, we wouldn't be able to fast-track that. That's just something that's going to take some time. And we're still targeting FID by about the middle of next year. Okay, so with the, with the technical programs, how how much longer do you need there? Obviously, FID middle of middle to end of next year. It's been how it, how it all goes. That's the moment that any any uh, strategic partner would actually say, "Well, here, here's the money. We can, we can be subject to between now and then." But that's that's when you get the money. I think the market wants to see, and you, you can probably tell from the reaction of, of you know the the Bloomberg article, which mentioned to you by the if I, if I remember correctly, uh, and the Aussie government uh, announcement too, that people want you to get the money sorted now. So even if you got a subject to kind of document that that would that would give the market some comfort that you're in control. So are you going to be able to deliver that? We're certainly targeting um, having something along those lines before the end of the year, but um, you know how long is a piece of string? I can't control the uh, the procurement departments of significantly large billion-dollar industries. Um, we are certainly pushing. We think that there's a lot of interest there that um, may allow that to uh, eventuate. And certainly, if it, if it could eventuate, I think you're right. I think the market would uh, respond favourably towards that. Is the Aussie government now with this article, it's, it's mentioned numbers, and I suspect Aussie politicians love a headline, it's great for votes, but um, are they also proposing through these discussions with the UK and, and the US to help you? Have you been called in? Have you been put forward by them as a project um, you know, that strategic partners could get involved with? Are you getting any outside help here? Oh, definitely. Look, we're working with a number of um, Australian government agencies in particular. Um, as I said, the Critical Minerals Facilitation Office, there's uh, Austrade, um, which is its mandate is to bring businesses together uh, in foreign jurisdictions. So, you know, we're certainly working closely with the Australian government, uh, a number of key ministers and their departments uh, for all those things that you that you just mentioned. 
Okay. But I just I just want to kind of get hone in on, on on the money side of things. So it's like you're, you're saying you're a little bit more confident than we spoke last time. Sounds like it's it's moving at a slightly faster pace, but you're not necessarily 100% controlled in terms of the timing there. That's what I'm hearing, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So noted, um, and maybe you can come back on when, when things start moving there. But um, on, on the project front, you talked about, you know, there's a few more technical um, uh, processes that need, need to be resolved before you get through to FID. So is anything changed there? Anything slowing you down? Any problems we need to be aware of? No, not at all. Since we last spoke, uh, obviously we raised uh, raised the capital at that point in time. Uh, since then, we've appointed Hatch as our hydro metallurgical um, specialist to undertake the front end engineering and design work. Uh, that is uh, probably a six to nine month exercise, which has already commenced. Uh, as uh, we get uh, growing confidence in the engineering, we'll start talking to constructors uh, such that, you know, when we are uh, FID ready uh, this time next year, that um, the constructors are on board and, and aligned with the engineering. So it should be a seamless transition. Uh, the, the ultimate outcome uh, from the, the front-end engineering and design process is to actually get a fixed-price EP or EPC contract, uh, which is something that uh, through our discussions with banks in particular and also the government agencies, uh, they would like to see a, a, a more definitive um, fixed-price EPC-style contract um, given the, you know, the, the uncertainty or, the, I guess, the technical, perceived technical risks in uh, critical minerals projects, given that there's only one other project really outside of China. Brilliant. Well, Gavin, I think, I think it's as simple as that. that. That's what I wanted to understand, so, yeah, how things are moving along. Any, any barriers? You obviously, you raise that money. That frees you up to do everything you need to do. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on, okay? Yep, will do. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.